Time Magazine actually named it uh, one of the top 100 best fantasy books of all time. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, what was number one? They don't give specific order of 1 to 100. Oh. It's just a non-ordered list of 100 books. That's what I call a cop-out. I know. Time Magazine. They, they're not giving us single decimal points. See, when you come to Tudor Ramble, we will give you to the nearest hundred. Every time. Oh, yeah. We will not do what Times is doing and be fair. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to the Ramble Podcast. I'm Richard. I am Austin. And today we're doing our pitch review on the Rage of Dragons slash the Burning series. Yes, and two of the books are out out of the four in the series that will eventually be. Yep, four and books out. Awesome. Okay, so this, if people don't know, pitch review, you've read the book, Richie's read the book, Richard's read the book, I have not read the book. If you're here and haven't read the book, Richard's going to pitch this to us. Yep. Sweet. Simple enough. <laughs> Let's get straight into what the summary of this book is, what's the overall pitch of Rage of Dragons. Got it. So... I actually was trying to come up with my own pitch of it, and I started writing it, and I was coming across some interviews that he's taken, and Evan Winter himself, the author, had, I think, the best pitch from it, so I'm just going to read what his pitch of his series is. So the author pitched his series the best. That yeah, on shocker, the, right? Yeah, I know, shocker. <laughs> yeah. But okay. Rage of Dragons is an epic fantasy about an endless war in a world where women are the only magic users and a and high-born men are bigger, stronger, and faster than their low-born counterparts. It's a story of a low-born swordsman whose life gets torn apart, and instead of trying to put it back together, he chooses to walk through hell so that he can do a little destroying of his own. It's a Brawn Age John Wick learning how to be John Wick so he can hunt and bring down three super soldiers. Damn. I think he said it the best himself, and it's a very accurate uh, description of the series. So what kind of, that gives a gist of it, but what kind of genres uh, would this cover? I mean, action, I assume. Action, revenge, fantasy, like um, epic fantasy type things. This is right down your alley because you love your revenge stories. Oh yeah, this this really spoke to me personally, Mm -hmm. so great series. I hear all the time that this is one of those books that you recommend a lot yeah. As one of your favorite action-packed, ooh, I get, oh, yeah. I get excited reading this. <laughs> There's several scenes that you've not told me what the scenes are, but just go. I've reread read them, this. actually. Really? Feel, like, I've just felt like, I'm feeling a little, uh, I just kind of want to read it again. I'll pull it off my shelf and read it. Wow. And I have to find the chapter again. So Wow, okay. Yeah. Nice. So, Evan Winter himself, he was actually born in England, uh, grew up in Zambia, and now lives in Canada. Okay. A little bit about him. Um... He trained in Brazilian jiu-jitsu off and on, which significantly helped with his uh, description of fighting because it is very detailed and you f- it sounds like it, it reads like someone who knows how to fight. Ah, uh. so it's very good. Uh, Zambia itself was a huge influence on him for the world setting. So the main influence is uh, Zambian. Um, mythology and historic so that's the main fantasy influence so all of the characters are are black all care so if you get that kind of the feel it's african fantasy which awesome i wish they would do a movie of this one so 
and accolades. Is we, it, well, I got to admit, is there yeah. any prospects that this is getting seen no. or is it not even I close looked. to movie level? I looked for, okay. like, hey, when is it getting adapted? Yeah. It is not. No inkling of it, which kind of surprises me. I would think this would be picked up. This would work great as a movie. How popular is it? Is this a very well-known book? Because yeah. I've only heard of this through you. I have not heard this in a lot of conversations. It's popular in fantasy circles. Okay. So if... I mean, even then, I guess, it's not super well-known. Yeah. It should be. I mean, there there are more popular... So like, um, in concerning action fantasy, uh, Joe Abercrombie is more famous. Like, obviously, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they do some adaptation of his work because it's so big. Uh, but I think Evan Winter belongs up there. So... Uh, some of the accolades uh, on the Reddit Fantasy Award gave it the uh, for gave it the award for best debut fantasy novel in 2019. Time Magazine actually named it uh, one of the top 100 best fantasy books of all time. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What was number one? They don't give specific order of one to a hundred. Uh, it's just a non-ordered list of a hundred. That's what I call a cop out. I know. Time Magazine. They, they're not giving us single decimal points. See, when you come to Tudor Ramble, we will give you to the nearest hundredth. Every time. Oh, yeah. We will not do what Times is doing and be fair. <laughs> <laughs> we will go all out. Yeah. So it's in the top 100 ever, according to Time? Like, all, all time? According to Time Magazine, top 100 best fantasy books of all time. Jeez. Okay. It's a okay. high bar. That's a all right. It's a high claim. But. Do you agree with that high claim? Well, to be fair, so I gave Rage of Dragons itself. Oh, are we going rating right now? I'm gonna go right to okay. rating. What's the rating? Eight point oh five. Above they great. Solid score. Great, great score. score. And that's for the Rage of Dragons. Yep. And awesome. I gave Fires of Vengeance. That's the second book. Yep. Okay. Uh, seven point nine five. So together, it's like an eight. Exactly. Oh, the series it averages is an out to an eight. Wow, that's yeah. great. Oh yeah, that's great. Does that hit? The Richard Top 100. I mean, it has to. Like, how many books are there? Yeah, <laughs> You've read, I, I, I haven't read, like, that. It is in the Top 100, duh. Yes, yeah, I don't yeah. think I've read... I mean, No, I think I've read maybe just over 100 fantasy books. Got it. And but it, not much more. If this was Top 100, <laughs> that would be, like, your least favorite. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so it's it, it's up there in your upper echelon. You really like this. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, so some of the influences, uh, this is taken from a little bit from Evan Winter... He actually says it's more like it's a Game of Thrones meets Gladiator on Arrakis. Oh, come on. So, I mean, and Arrakis being the planet uh, for Dune. Dune, Dune yeah. yep. That is, okay, that's that's a cool pitch from him. I like that. Yeah. So, um, so, I actually would say some influences that it's kind of like. It's, yeah. a, it's a fantasy revenged focused version of Red Rising. It actually it does have some some big similarities to Red Rising, except it's a fantasy genre. Right. And where Red Rising has a revenge element to it, certainly has a revenge as a focal point. Mm-hmm. This one, it is the sole focus. So, so uh, we did a pitch on Red Rising, which is a series you also liked. Yeah. So if someone's read that series based on you know our recommendation or your recommendation, yeah. of course. <laughs> so if someone read Red Rising, probably gonna like Rage of Dragons a lot. Yeah, if and you're, vice versa. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if you were reading Red Rising and going, man, I really wish they had more of that 
that focus on the Grits. revenge, the revenge, revenge okay. plot, then this definitely scratches that itch. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to want to get into specific scores for I, Rage of Dragons? I do. Yes. Yeah. So let's first. You know what I'm most interested in first hmm. is emotional impact because okay. you you talk you give a high hype and high praise about how this made you feel. So how high is that score for Rage of Dragons? For Rage of Dragons itself, I gave it a nine on emotional impact. Nine gets the oh. nine. It was exciting. Excellent. I mean, any book that can get me to just like want to reread a couple chapters every so often has to give it that nine. Is this the kind of book that's going to make you cry or make you cheer? What kind of book? What kind of cheer? Angles does this go? Cheer. In many ways, I would actually say it has. It had many, all the good parts of a fun action anime, like when I was a kid watching Dragon Ball. And, you know, he gets a new transformation and a training montage and he beats the villain. It made you feel like that. It's, mm. I don't know. It's a more complex version of that feeling. And I imagine a lot of the fight scenes were so, we'll, we'll get into how it's written, but I imagine a lot of the fight scenes were really emotional because of how well they were written. Oh, yeah. And they just get you. Is that accurate? Is well, that... It's just this big underdog story. And so when you see the underdog going up against mm. insurmountable odds, and just the determination is just fun to fun to read. Hence, why he says it's has elements of Gladiator. Yeah, exactly. Ah, yeah. And Gladiator's a fantastic movie. So. Oh yeah, like I'm surprised you haven't read the book yet. Yes, yes. I've been I've... getting been trying to get you to it, but you okay. keep saying, "Oh, I'm going to read Lord of the Rings first. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then I gave uh, Fires of Vengeance an eight point five. Okay, for emotional impact. Yeah. So together it's like eight point seven five, but it, exactly. Total, fantastic emotional impact and people that pick this up should expect a badass revenge get excited i'm watching blood and fights and that's what you're expecting in this book as a lot of it was because i was emotionally connected to the characters Mm -hmm. especially um a lot of the decisions characters made may not have been the right decisions but they were the right decisions for those characters Mm. If you know what I mean? like, And that really gets you going because you're like, oh, no, don't do that. Oh, no, he's going to. And you feel just this like Shoot. panic for the character because you as the reader know that that's going to be a terrible decision. What did you rate characters out of 10? Yeah. Um, so for Rage of Dragons, I gave characters an 8. Eight, eight out okay. of 10. Great. Great. Uh, with Fires of Vengeance, 7.75. Okay. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. The characters were really well done. Uh, however, there is a kind of tunnel vision of characters. So this is how I kind of say, because it's such a revenge-focused story, mm-hmm. and how people say revenge is kind of like, you know, you get tunnel vision. Everything is kind of ignored except for your soul focus. Very one note. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you ignore all other parts of your life and things that should probably be important, mm-hmm. and you're solely focused on revenge. And in this case... The main character gets the most love because it's one POV and you get a lot from him. Mm-hmm. And he really carries it because, duh. But the side characters are actually pretty good. Um, quite a few of them, they really, you have a kind of band of brothers, bridge four type type deal with it. And so that gets you kind of really invested. But the main character himself is so interesting in that you understand all his decisions, even if they're wrong. So yeah, characters, really great. And main character really carries the whole thing. Um, but I'll get right into... Let's... Oh. Before I forget. Yeah. Uh, 
I really liked the insight on hard work versus talent with the character. Okay, as a message. Yeah, Yeah. but a bit more complex than that. Hmm. And so there's the difference between hard work and talent, and even more so the difference of someone who has talent but is also a hard worker. And so you, you always see the the classic trope of where, you know, the person who has a lot of talent but doesn't really try very hard and the underdog who works really hard and is over is able to overcome talent. But what if your rival has a lot more talent than you and also works just as hard as you? What do you do? <laughs> How do you ever catch up? Damn, okay. And so I really like that there was a, that that kind of theme there and mm. What does that mean? What does that mean for your underdog? Like, how do you overcome that? When you have a natural advantage plus the hard work behind it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so it's so, like, yeah, how, if you work just as hard and you're five, six and want to go into the NBA, you're just out of luck. Exactly. <laughs> but whereas you could, if you're the guy that's six, six and the guy that's five, six is, there's a huge advantage. Even if you guys, if you, work. Bo- if you both work just as hard. So it's a reality. Exactly. And yeah. how do you overcome that and reality? Did you hear in my voice the uh, just how pissed I was? Like, a 5'6 guy can also play basketball. It's, <laughs> it's possible, guys. <laughs> I'm going to read this book now. There's a person like me out there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I also felt uh, similar. If you've read, if you've watched Django Unchained, I get a lot of that from it. So okay. that was a movie that it kind of reminded me of. But I want to kind of go back in. Continue on, go with the plot. Okay, plot. Uh, plot, I rated a 8.75 Ooh, for damn. Rage of Dragons. Oh my god. And Fires of Vengeance, an 8.5. Oh! So, killer plot. Very good plot. And the big reason that I give such a high score for the plot is the pacing. Okay. Pacing is just so fast-paced and near-perfect pacing. Wow. Not perfect, but near-perfect. Like, I would say the maybe beginning probably a little slower harder to get into uh maybe some things drag a little bit but overall 90 percent of the book it just Excellent. doesn't stop yeah that exactly kind of nice breakneck nice. speed um so I, I mentioned before the tunnel vision yep. with the main character and so that leads a lot of the fun aspects of it mm. um where you find out about other things that are happening in the world through the grapevine. Like, you don't actually get to find it. You find out through the main character. But the main character is so tunnel vision focused. Yeah, yeah. Stuff's going on around him. He doesn't really notice. So you have to pick up little things through the plot to okay. piece it together. Okay. I like that. And so with, with the pacing, this being just a constant page turner, would you mm-hmm. say? Like, you finish a chapter, you're going to have to pick up the next chapter. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it was like chapter three or five. Don't know. But after that, I couldn't put it down. So don't read this on a hammock. Read this where? Read this in a, <laughs> by a fire. Oh, yeah. Read by a fire. There okay. you go. Or we'll always read by a fire. Always read by a fire. I mean, that's always the best. And a rocking place. chair. That is true. Rocking chairs are the best. It's the best place to read, best place to write, best place to think. They're essential. I think we should upgrade our chairs. I, would, I don't think you would like that for editing. Uh Sway in and out of the Sway you. in and out of Where the are they? Where are they going? <laughs> okay, so fast pace. Anything else on the plot? The pacing was fantastic. Uh, is there a great climax? Well, How's it? How I was it make, I was made. I mentioned this before, but in terms of plot, 
it is so well thought out. So mm-hmm. Evan Winter has talked about before in interviews how he plans out every single aspect of his book to the point that if of whatever the page count of his book is, about he has written notes that are about the a fourth the size of it. So book that is four hundred pages. 100 pages of notes. 100 pages of notes. See that quick math? Detailed. That. There you go. Uh, but he has that detailed of notes okay. going into the plotting, the character decisions, all that, and it really shows. So there's mm. no plot holes. There's the deci- You know, sometimes when a, char- a character makes a decision, you go, oh, that character only made that decision because of the plot. Not so in this one. Gotcha. Even though you could see it that way, like that decision drove the plot forward and it was a stupid decision, it was... It was a reasonable, stupid decision. Like, oh yeah, that specific character would make that mistake. Okay. Because you don't like incompetent characters. You yeah. don't want a plot to go forward because if, they're being stupid. However, But if they are stupid, hmm. if they are being stupid, is there a reason a behind it? A damn good reason, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. like, there's a specific moment You that can I put remember. yourself in their shoe. Exactly. There's a specific moment it. in the book that is such an objectively stupid decision. Mm. Like, oh my god, you're going to ruin everything. <laughs> and everyone around him is like, you're going to ruin everything. Like, everyone's Even telling You're him. saying this as a reader, too. Oh, yeah. No, it's just like, what the hell are you doing? Stop! Yeah. And then all the characters around like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, I hate those moments. But oh, here's the thing. Okay. Throughout the whole book, it may, of course this character course. would do that. Of course they would make, like, they don't care about consequences. Uh, That's nature of revenge. Like, doesn't care about what the consequences are. Mm. So... I love that aspect of it. Okay. And if a book can get me to like that aspect, yeah. that's very good. Because usually those plot movements are done so cringely, or how do you say that? But just done in a way that makes you go, stop. Oh, it's so stupid and well, incompetent. The thing is, what, what Evan Winter does with it is there's a bunch of little moments like that throughout mm-hmm. going up to the book where you go, oh, that was the wrong decision, but you get why. Like, and he keeps like you get in you see his thought process when reading this, it. Yes. Yeah, it's like, yes. oh, he's consistently making the wrong choice. Okay. But he's driven for it. And so when it comes to the big decisions, like Of course. Of course. Okay, okay. Let's get to the <laughs> let's get to the dragons. The magic system, the world building. Would you rate that? How was it? Uh magic system. I gave Rage of Dragons a seven and well the the world building, a seven mm-hmm. and the Fires of Vengeance seven point five. Okay, I quite liked uh, the. I I quite liked it. Um, again, it's a little, it's a give and take. So because it is so focused on the main character that you don't get a lot of the outside world, mm. you have to pick it up through little conversations. It's not you only know what the main character knows, and the main character is so focused on one thing, doesn't get to see a lot of the world. Mm-hmm. Second book, you get a little bit more. Um, you get a little bit more of that. So, oh, is this from one point of view? In the first book, in yes. The first, okay. Yeah. So the first book, you're so like you said, tunnel visioned into this character. That's what you see, and it almost affects the world in a way. Thing is, it's twofold. Like it can be. It's pretty fun to piece together the world through the yes, character's yes, lens. Yes. So that's interesting. But it also means left out a lot. Some of the details. There's some interesting stuff going on. Like, oh, I want to know more. But mm. you don't. You don't get to know more. He's too busy fighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, look at that cool thing. <laughs> and then just distracted. Yeah. yeah. But the magic system is super cool. Super fun and inventive and used in very creative ways. Great. So enjoyable there. Great, great. Uh, let's see. 
Um, oh, definitely worth mentioning again, of course. Um, Zan- uh, Af- African Zambian inspired fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some elements in there you can kind of pick up on on where it was inspired from. Some of the cultural, um, say the cultural uh, traditions aspects you can see from African culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, you have the class structure, which is really simple, uh, like Red Rising, but uh, is actually has the class structures rooted in something tangible in the world building. Nice. So that's enjoyable. Okay. Oh, yeah. So cool. Overall, magic and world building, good. We get plot. Uh, did we not do dialogue miss, pros? Miss dialogue. So yeah, dialogue pros. What did I you gave it that? both uh, 7.5, Okay. Uh, mainly because the it, it's significantly better than average. Definitely better. And it's his first book. So, gotta give him that. Oh, this is his first book? Yeah. But I haven't read ever. Hasn't written anything else. Oh, so these are his only two books. Yep. That's very important to mention. Oh, yeah. Oh, holy crap. And you love them that much. Oh, yeah. What did this guy do? What did Ever Winter do before writing? Is he a teacher? There's not too, too much. Uh, I believe he's a teacher. Okay. But I was looking looking into that. So, yeah. Um, Let's see. The dialogue definitely has some wit and variety, mm-hmm. uh, but the highlight of the writing, of course, is the battle description. So mm-hmm. the fighting and battles were really put you inside the fight. It doesn't pull out. It is hyper-focused on every action, every move the character's making, and so it really pulls you in. Okay. Super enjoyable. Fantastic. Well, this, let's give it the Richie Thumbs Up score here. What you feeling? Let's see. How many thumbs Solid up? Solid two thumbs up. Oh, wow. Solid two, two thumbs up. Just in case people don't like our rating <laughs> system of the decimals. Oh, in we case always, you don't want decimals. Yeah. We could do the thumb system because that's always reliable. <laughs> so two thumbs up. Yeah. An absolute, would you consider, would you say the M word? A must read? How'd you know what I was talking about? I know you, man. Oh, we're on the same wavelength. That was so cool. I thought you were going to be like, what's the M word? No, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a must read book. Yeah, I would say so. Um, for action fantasy, it's a must-read. Okay. Like, if you're more into, like, the world-building stuff, if you're into, like, let's say you like Lord of the Rings, and because you just love that, love that world-building, the great adventure type thing, I maybe it wouldn't it. be for you. Like, maybe that's, like, your that's your niche, fine. Okay. But if you like, say, a Brandon Sanderson, you like that action, you like Joe Abercrombie, read Rage of Dragons. Yeah. There you have it. All right. All righty. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Or if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcast listening, uh, be sure to give us a follow, like, share, subscribe, all that junk. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.